And good morning, everyone, and welcome to Small Biz Matters, the half-hour program where we work on our business rather than in it. Welcome back to the show. My apologies for not being here last week. It was a pretty crazy week for me. Those of you who know me well would know that we were running the Hornsby North Autumn Fair, and I'd like to say to everyone publicly, I don't do rain. So check out the weather today on Saturday and Sunday. We had a glorious day. Thank you so much for everyone in our local community for coming and supporting such a fantastic community event. And especially, especially to those small businesses who supported us through prizes and giveaways and vouchers for our chocolate wheel. We raised thousands and thousands of dollars and we will be announcing that final figure via the PNC Association um, shortly. So thank you very much to all of our local community members for coming along, especially to those small businesses. Because let me say, it is never the multinationals. It is never the big businesses who come along and support us. It is actually the small business in our local community and that's what makes Hornsby great. So that's what we're all about here today on Small Biz Matters. We are talking all things marketing. Now, you can't get enough marketing information in my opinion. Oh, listen, my computer's just having conniptions. Don't, don't mind that noise. It's, it's, a, it's a great sound. Um, you can't have enough marketing information out there. It's, uh, as we listen to my computer, we're listening to the Mac sound. So it's, it's constantly around us. And as small businesses, it is something that occupies a lot of our mind. So we need to think a lot about what we can do to um, market ourselves in new and different ways and what it means to actually have a successful brand. And today we're going to be talking to Aranka Nolan. So welcome to the show today, Aranka. Hello and thank you. <laughs> she is a specialist when it comes to branding and implementing branding strategies and also an interesting concept we were chatting about a few weeks ago, which is actually auditing your brand, which is really important. So we're going to be covering some topics today as uh, why branding is important for small business and why branding is important for everyone, in fact, and how you can have a new and innovative ways um, to brand yourself and, of course, why it's important that you don't rush into it. So as with all my guests, Ranka, I, I'm always fascinated to find out about people people's journeys. What is it that, that led you to start up um, this branding specialism business of yours called Einstein? What is it that, that got you started? So 25 years in financial services, you get to understand the DNA of people and what drives them. And I was lucky enough to get high up in, in art and creativity at school. So I've got the natural ability to see colour and design and I guess an instinct that understands what works and what doesn't. What I also discovered along the way is I seem to interpret sort of the, I, I distill from clients what it is that makes them special, unique, different, outstanding. And often I have to tell them because they're very good and passionate about building the widget, but they don't really understand how that's going to translate to the outside world. Most of the time clients come to me and say, oh, look, I, I'm, I really love this about whatever. And it's like, okay, and tell me about your skill set. And then they talk about the skill set and they talk about their journey. And then you d discover exactly what it is through interviewing clients and interviewing suppliers and interviewing people who are around them that sparks the outside world as opposed to what the person themselves thinks about what's magic about them. We actually discover what's magic from a client's point of view or a prospect's point of view. And then we shape the proposition around that. So. We understand the science that is how people interpret information. So, you know, there's, there's the adage that people are kinesthetic, they are visual or they are auditory, and there are sort of subsets of that. But if you can follow those principles and if a brand can cover those things off, then you've got a much greater net of people that you're reaching when it comes down to how is it phrased, 
What does it look like? What are the colours like? How are you standing against the competition? What does the competition even look like? And of course, you know, there'll be people who will understand who the competition is, but they'll understand them through words or they might sort of see the cars drive past or, you know, they've seen somebody else rave about the product, but they haven't actually looked into the soul of that experience and then absolutely able to see what has excited the client about that relationship. What has that particular proposition given to them that makes them loyal forever? Yeah, I love the way that you've drawn on your experience through um, artistic, but also obviously very analytical skills that you've mm. got there as well. You sort of, excuse me while I unpack you. <laughs> Please go right ahead. But obviously that analysis is, is a tool that we as small businesses, we never really sit down and think about. We I guess we're always thinking about it from the client's perspective or even just from our own perspective. Who am I trying to sell to? Who are my ideal clients? Not who is looking at me, who mm. is looking inwards. And taking that outside approach, I guess that's what a good brand specialist should do, yes, is look at the people completely. around a business, not necessarily just the widget that you're creating. And, and um, it's something actually that someone in, in uh, one of the Facebook groups that I was discussing this with last night raised that it's an important distinction to have that there's a very difference, big difference between your logo and your brand. And well. it, that can frustrate. I mean, it's part, part packaged together, isn't it? But mm. but it's it's there's a difference, isn't there, between well, the two? There shouldn't be. And if it's done really well, <laughs> the symbolism that incorporates the logo actually slipstreams into the rest of what the organisation does from every touch point from picking up the phone, from the messages that are left, from you know the iconology, from the images that are on the website, how the whole story sits together, what the graphic design is. You know, if this is a cohesive brand, and don't forget, all brands are stories. So the logo has to be part of the story. It is actually the fast cue to what is the value proposition that I'm getting from this experience. So, you know, when we think about Coke, for example, the entire advertising, 90% of it is about how am I going to feel when I drink this carbonated water, mm. <laughs> right? Let us, let us be clear, right? It, it is fundamentally, the widget is, you know, coloured carbonised water. Okay, the bottle is magnificently designed and I mean that's why it's worth billions of dollars as a brand because when people walk into Woolworths and they pick it up, they are in their head hearing the story that is my life is going to be that exciting as I've seen on television or that I've exper experienced at the beachfront. And or they're whatever. anticipating the experience, yeah, aren't completely, they? And completely. wouldn't it be great if we could capture that as small business and a little bit of anticipation just via the visual being noticed and being seen as a brand and suddenly that takes them to where you want them to feel and be when they experience your product. Yeah, exactly. And uh, I mean, that is... You know, we, we take people to a place that understands what is the problem you are solving. Mm. And when you actually think about it through that lens, you then suddenly go, oh, actually, you know, I do need to be a brand that looks kind and, and patient and um, gentle. I'll, I'll use this, right? So, or I'm, I'm fast-paced. I'm, I'm a fast solution. I've got people who are 150 miles an hour. They need urgency. So, you know, like, does it look 
you know, the, the difference between, say, a logo for a lawyer and an accountant would be quite different from a bike shop, for example. Yeah. You know, yep. in, in its very simplest terms. Yeah, it's the experience that you're trying to encapture in that in that graphic as well. Yeah. Yeah, that, that's a good point. So, so what do you think, in your opinion, is crucial to a good brand? We talked a little bit about that package and obviously the design, the logo, is by the sounds of it one element that needs to incorporate it at all, but it is a just one element. So what, what other elements are important and crucial for a good brand? Well, one of the things with the logo is that it's the flagship. So, you know, there is a need. One of the things that, that I make a particular point of is that people need to understand what it stands for and it does need to tell a story visually. Um, there is uh, a need for the people to understand what their values are and their brand proposition is. And Is that sitting down with a giant, great, big, enormous 30-page business plan? The business plan is important because without that you don't have the goals and you can't align to it. So, okay. you know, if I want to be a multi-million dollar company and I look like a, a two cent shop, then, you know, um, this is where going off and, and just picking a logo randomly out of this because it matches most of the shirts in my wardrobe is a complete fail. Right, right. right. So, you know, I've, I've had lots of people go, I, I bought this, isn't it fantastic? And I look at it and I go, well, tell me what you're doing. Yep. And then they tell me and I sort of say, well, is that what you're seeing out of that? And this is particularly interesting in financial services where, of course, I've lived and played a lot. Mm. You know, advisors, you know, get the wife to go and pick the logo because she's been picking his clothes all of her, his life, right? <laughs> and she's the creative one. And she's as close to creative as you could possibly get in that group of two. Yeah. Um, and, <laughs> you know, the reality is that that is a complete discord to what the the public effectively is looking for in a financial planner. They want stability and they want um, some sense of authoritativeness without being overbearing. You know, there's those sorts of elements that come into it. So then we look at also language and those sorts of things. So really before we start anything to do with what the design looks like, which I usually take out of the hands of the client because they haven't really got any experience that enables them to qualify that next step. But it is very much about taking the business plan, having an understanding of what the owner's vision is, plus the employees who invest you know, truckloads of their time if there are any. And then it's about the suppliers, what's going to help them? And then the distribution, what are we looking for? Like if you're going through a social media um, uh, funnel, how are you going to speak to that audience that there isn't this disconnect between the hip and the groovy that they get on, on a Facebook thing that's created by, let's say, uh, you know, an agency, and then they come to the front door and they encounter somebody who is you know, much older and thinking, who's just... It's the disconnect you want to avoid. It's the complete disconnect and it's like, okay, well, I'm, I'm not here. You're not, you're not, you're not, we're not like-minded. Mm -hmm. And everybody wants to have a situation whereby they are understood, there's a good fit and they will get the things that they need. So, you know, whatever the problem is that they're trying to solve, can this company do it for me? Will they do it in a way that I, I am going to appreciate? And the branding, of course, is not just um, the element of the design. There's obviously, as you mentioned before, there's the the, um, the communication. How, what, what, what systems are you going to be on? Systems, what platforms are you going to be using to communicating to your clients, to your suppliers? And you do keep coming back to those suppliers, and it's interesting because I don't think I've spoken to anyone who's sitting there going, "Who is my ideal client?" We don't necessarily think about who our ideal supplier is, but we have to consider them because they are part of business growth and business development and you have to build those relationships too so they have to recognize you as 
as being an important part of their business, like you're, you're an important part of theirs. Completely. Yeah. So I think probably about 15 years ago, it was really clear that when you had a good relationship, and, and if you study some of the bigger organisations, they actually have their supply sitting side by side at the table. And so, you know, when you've got people who are, so for instance, we do video production and we take a brand and we capture what the brand story is and we make sure that the product that's coming out is in line with that style and, and whatever's required. Again, an objective fresh set of eyes through the lens of how are you communicating? Mm. And of course we do it across all mediums. Mm. We sit with suppliers and we actually say, so the client, here is their brand, here is what their brand voice is, this is what the, the lighting and the, the colouring of this needs to be because, you know, we want that subliminal theme running through. Mm. And here is the scripts and the messaging and those sorts of things. So we come in with that sort of support and then it's very much on topic and that asset then gets used a lot because you have a situation where you've made it align with everything else. So even if you use fragments of it, it doesn't matter because it's already, the housekeeping's done. So you could literally, even if you're not completely in that zone, you just pick it off the shelf, plug it in, put a, put a middle message on. Let's say, for instance, you're doing a podcast. You know, you, you've got the marketing sting that's at the front, that's got the brand and it's got the audio piece and then you get into the, the interview stage and then you do the close those things just get repeated mm. and that is efficient yeah it's doing exactly doing your homework it's interesting actually we're gonna we're gonna take a quick short break and listen to a community service announcement but when we get back i want to delve into that a little bit deeper and talk about um why you shouldn't rush the branding per, mm. uh, process and and have a look at the process from where to go you're listening to triple h 100.1 fm this is small biz matters with alexi we'll be back after this and welcome back to small biz matters the half hour program where you listen listen <laughs> where you where you listen where you work on your business rather than in it we're here with Aranka Nolan from Einstein Branding Specialists. Now, we're talking today about the process of creating, um, not just creating a brand, which we all go, oh, I need a logo, but actually the process. And just before the break, we were talking about uh, do's and don'ts um, when it comes to creating an alignment between your message, your uh your graphic, for want of a better word, and um, what your long-term goals are. And also making sure that you sit down with all people uh, involved with your business, not just your ideal client, but your other clients, your, you know, looking testimonies, what do people say about you? What does you maybe even, maybe those of you who are close around you? Because one thing that small business is quite crap at is selling ourselves. We are quite bad at saying what we're good at. I mean, I think that that's, we can all put our hands up and go, yeah, no, I'm bad at that. Mm. But um, why shouldn't you rush it? Because I think what, and this is where I've got a real goat with one of those big four banks, you know who you are, who, you know, set you up in 24 hours with a business. And they give you a logo and a website and business cards. And really, really, it doesn't matter what business you are. That is, to me, the epitome of what you shouldn't do when you're setting yourself up. Like you said before the break, do your homework, lay the foundation. And this is such an important thing. And you, you've got to take a little bit of time. Mm. Not to say that you can't start working, but you've just got to start. You've got to, you know, a lot of people go, I'll just get some, I'll just get some business cards. Okay, so the reality is that all the entrepreneurs that come to me and say, I need a logo... I usually ask them questions like this. What are you offering? Who is it for? How will you be remembered? Can people find you easily? How are you different? What is the competition doing? What do they look like? Is there a gap in the market that you're serving? 
what makes you unique, special, different, and why you? The why you is particularly critical. Why are you better than guy next door who's been established for five years? Now, it's not to say that that's not completely possible, but you actually need to distill that down and be prepared to have that conversation. Because this, all businesses are about a story. And even if it's, I'm at 150 miles an hour, I've got four and a half minutes left this week and I've got to do this, this and this. Even those people want to know that they are going to be buying something that they're not going to have buyer's remorse on. Mm. Right? So often the other things are, what are your values? Because people want to buy buy from people who are ethical, who have a conscience about where something's coming from. Particularly the next generation that's coming through. We're all constantly hearing about that, aren't we? About the fact that they are very ethically minded. Yes. And, And so they should be. I mean, unfortunately, there are way too many examples of that not happening. So... And I think they are also a generation that understands where they lay their time and their money is where there is going to be growth. They are quite empowered. We did not have this. Uh, You know, like you only got word of mouth. Now you've got Google that gives you everything. And, you know, it's just a question of how much time you're going to invest. Don't forget that everybody who is about 45 and below 60% of those people will make a decision whether they will trade with you based on what they read about you digitally. So before they've picked up the phone, they've decided whether they will trade with you or not. And, you know, so those sorts of moments, how have you positioned yourself for that? And then it's also, you know, other things like what sort of user experience do you want to create? And what's your vision, your mission and your values that you can articulate to the world? Because some of it is obviously confidential. And then there are other bits that are, must be publishable. Mm. Now, when I put that to somebody who's starting out who wants a brand, they're all like, hang on a minute, all I want is, you know, an icon and, a, and, and my lettering. And it's like, <laughs> you don't understand this process. Yeah, you shouldn't be walking away from that process with just those two things, should you? You well, should be walking no. around with, walking away with, you know, um, I mean, f- pardon me for just being a little bit simplistic, but no, no. you've got, you know, yes, yes, logo, yes, yes, the, the design of your business card, but also um, maybe some sentences around how you sell yourself on various platforms. So say, for example, you might want to sit down and say, okay, well, let's take small biz for an example. Um, I need a paragraph that describes what small biz matters the radio show is all about so that I can build my profile around that. And I need to be able to put it on the bottom of of, of, of an, an email and to be able to cut and paste that and use it and be consistent about the way that I'm speaking about my brand because that's something that I find frustrating and a lot of businesses find frustrating. They're not being consistent in the way that they're communicating with people. And and I guess that's something that a good branding spe- specialist will do is tie that all in and that's where your values, what people say about you, um, all those questions that you've just asked of those people just going, I want a logo, mm. that's all those things that need to be wrapped in. So those of you who are just listening to those questions, can anybody just say, oh, okay, well, off the back of that, I can produce a logo? No, of course not. Mm. It's not about just that. It's it's really about the package, isn't it? So it's it's uh, one part is mental preparation. I mean, from here, we, we have then things like an elevator pitch, and this helps to, you know, you shake the hand of someone and then you take them on a journey. Should they ask the right question? And when is it right? So permission marketing comes into this. When is it right to talk about what I do 
and you know how do you actually sort of steer that conversation in a way that is a pleasant experience rather than ugly either ugly that you haven't done a good job or ugly that you've ram- rammed it right down their throat <laughs> right and and then it's it, i mean there's so many pieces of this puzzle that need to be considered so i've had lots of people come to me and say build me a logo and it's like yeah sure happy to do that but tell me what your dna is mm. and they can't Mm. And so then I send them off to do homework and then they come back to me and then I send them off to do more because I am the custodian of complexity. That is my job. Ooh, I like that. Yes. That's a great tagline. The custodian of complexity. Yes. Because I can't imagine any two businesses you've ever come across in your experience are the same. No. And I mean, if you can imagine how many fun... At one point I was dealing with 7,000 advisors Australia-wide. And if you can imagine, they all think that they sell the same thing. Yes. All of them. You know, the, the, the standard issue is, oh, yeah, oh, we're here to make money for people. Okay. And what else? <laughs> now, And even, even when you say that to me, even as a potential client for a financial advisor, I'm not thinking I want you to make money. I'm thinking I need you to be trustworthy. I need to like yes. you. I need to know that you've got a good reputation. I need to know that you're well established and that you don't have any, you know, holes in, in your, in your I, I need to know that I'm not going to, maybe going backwards is okay. You know, all those things that are in my head as the client that they don't even realise because no. they either haven't asked or they haven't looked at it from my perspective as a client. And usually they have no skills for that. And that's before we talk about how do you take this distilled amount of information and then transfer that into what is graphically going to be there. So if you can imagine, I've recently branded some logistics people. Now, they are dry as... Admin people. Wheat bix, <laughs> right? Dry as wheat bix. <laughs> and they have no creativity whatsoever. And so... Uh, getting them to understand what it is that they impart to the client. I mean, we had to do the client um, research and all that sort of stuff. In the end, the brand that we got designed for them was beautiful. I mean, it's just gorgeous. And the image library is magnificent. For, For something that is dry and really crusty and in comparison to all the competition, this brand is just stunning. And I mean, yeah, and they're logistics people. Oh my God, fancy that. But how can you tell when a ba- when a brand has been rushed? You look at a logo. Can you tell oh, straight could, away when someone's just gone well, fiver? Yeah, yeah. For instance, exactly. Or, or big four bank who are really bad, for instance. Yeah, but I mean, it's so the big four banks. By the way, um, Commonwealth Bank paid a million dollars for the logo of the say a biscuit with the Vegemite on the edge. Um, so you know they paid serious money for that, and yeah. they researched it to the hilt. Yeah. Of course, where it falls down is that when you actually go into the the hallowed halls of their branch land, and you, if you're lucky enough to get somebody who's a real human being who hasn't been sort of worn out, worn down, um, and frustrated, you know, then you've got a good experience. But again, that brand dies when it comes to that moment, and that the size of them is too big, which is why it's really cool to work for sort of small to medium enterprise because you actually have a chance for them to be outstanding and stellar and you sell the brand to them and you can see their eyes light up because I give them all the promise in the world. They only have to buy in and start loving it. And most of the brands we build, people get it and they love it. It's the same for every everyone who works with small business. It's that aha moment. It's the moment of I'm going to be part of this business's journey and I think branding specialists like yourself are a really important cog in that wheel Mm -hmm. and like you said you know laying the foundations so just moving on to a different tack now tell me about what what is a business blueprint I kind of hear that 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 phrase bandied around a bit and I don't quite understand what it is so a brand blueprint this is what we call it 
um, because when we distill all these pieces, we bring that together. And if you can imagine what happens with us is that once we have the DNA of the organisation in you know, various clusters of information, the design team sit together and we work through all of these things and then we start designing. So what can happen is we might sketch up a hundred different ideas. It's a brainstorming session on steroids. But part of that process is that we actually take a solid look about not only what the company is today, but very importantly, what their aspiration is. So one of the brands that I rebuilt was uh, QBE's brand that you see today. And they do a brand audit on it every three years. Oh. Now, what that hit, Coke does it regularly too, I think, is there's this three to five year cycles. Checking that it's still valid, checking that it marries in, checking that there's no changes required because competition keeps coming in. And you also need to refresh. You know, roll back 15 years ago, you didn't really have to consider how the brand stood out on a digital platform. It was more important how was the signage on the top of a building yes. or on the banner of something or T-shirts and those sorts of things. Now, of course, it's digital is everything. You know, we now into our branding guidelines put hex colours, for example, mm. as, a, as a, a norm. And then we put um, CMYK and RGB. Now, historically, it was just um, Pantone was God, right? Yeah. <laughs> and that was it. You and know? we have moved on from that. And it'll continue to move on, which is, I guess, why the, 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 the auditing process from a digital perspective is so important because you've got to keep up to date with the new digital Completely. platforms. Yeah. Completely. And then if you have a think about getting a logo that fits properly in LinkedIn as well as Facebook, as well as through your um, email marketing and then your systems online and then the app and various other things. How is it going to be played? What are the proportions? Because proportions are everything. Um, these are the other aspects that happen through that part. So the brand audit is about assessing what people are feeling. So this is usually done when the business has been existing and they come to a point and go, you know what, maybe we need more cut through. Somebody has the bright idea that it's time to have a look at it. We, we got it built, you know, 25 years ago and it cost us a bomb back then, you know, so we're frightened to do it. But then you look at it and you go, well, the colouring is gold and grey and <laughs> digitally that's not helping you at all and you've got no mental recall because it hasn't got any cut through. Mm. Um, so, you know, that's when we go through that process. We talk to everybody, internal, external. We understand what the emotional bond is to the existing brand and we take those elements and then we forge them into the next thing. So if you go back to QBEs, for instance, when I did a brand audit, I talked to every layer of the organisation. And um, the thing that was really interesting, the logo used to be dark blue, black and silver. And of course, you can imagine through the Sydney Swan sponsorship that completely visually died. There was no recall. In fact, the, the tests that we did showed nothing. As soon as we changed the colour to cyan and black in its simplest form before we resized and readjusted, uh, the recall rate was 68% instantly like that. But how does, a, how does a small business afford to do that? I mean, we can't obviously afford market research groups. We can't afford, um, you know, the best we can do is just pick up the phone and go, hey, what do you think of this? I mean, how, how does that, it how do we do it? It do doesn't it? have to be many. I mean, I've done for as small as four, but they have to be four really quality people who are prepared to talk. Mm. There's no point in giving me a client who's your best mate yep. who's going to say, oh, he's great. Yep. You know, yep. That's not going to help me. Yeah, I want an, I want somebody who's going to articulate, you know, good and bad. 
right? And, you know, it doesn't have to be many. It just has to be quality. And then you go through it and you've got somebody who's looking at it. I mean, it's still worthwhile. And it's not serious money, but it does have to be done. On a really simplistic level, is it the same as sort of grabbing hold of your website that you haven't touched for a couple of years, flicking it off to some good business people that you know are really sound and got knowledge about this, but also have opinions they're willing to share, and then just ask them to go, what do you reckon? And just getting them to pull apart the website, is that enough? So if you were really, really tight for bucks, I would suggest you put aside um, $500 mm-hmm. and you ring me and you line up everything on an email and you say, I've got this, I've got this, I've got this, I've got this. Here are the competition mm. and I'd spend... So you do need to know. You need to sit down and you go, what's what's my what's yeah. my vision? What's my goal? What am I about? What do I sell? I mean, I'm, you probably can figure that out within five seconds. So if you're going to a branding strategist, you need to do your homework and you need to have a few things ready to go and even to the point of having a couple of people who would be willing to inter- be interviewed as yeah, well. Absolutely. So you've got to kind of put, yeah, you, I mean, you've got to save a bit of money if you can think ahead and put that package together. What yes. is it that you want to change and develop and update? Yes. How are you speaking to your clients and communicating with them? How are you selling your product? What is your product? What do you think it is that makes you distinct? Grab a couple of clients that know and, and, and have been around for a while and are happy to go on this journey with you couple of suppliers don't forget the suppliers that have been around for a while and watched yeah. you grow and develop yeah. and flick it off to to someone to get to get some advice and and then you might still need to implement that yourself but at least you're getting something with yeah. a mind's eye of someone who sort of has has an idea about about what it is they're doing and that and that I guess is a sort of a mini on the budget on the fly brand audit for yourself well yeah I mean it's it's simply a case of when do I need to look at it well are you growing enough if you've got enough business, then don't worry too much, but don't park it forever. But if you've got enough business, then you should be investing in the future because, as I say, the digital age is is alive and well and it's not going away. But I would argue that when you're busy and you've got lots of great clients, that's the time you should be doing a couple of Completely. just updates and refreshes. I mean, I, you know, my husband's a classic example of that. The, the, the website looks amazing but it hasn't looked amazing for a good couple of years now and hasn't really changed much. And it's just that update and that refresh. And, and if you've got people who are interested in using you and they go and hit your website up and then they go, oh, it looks the same as last time, it doesn't have to take much, does it? It doesn't have to be a weekly, daily blog. It can just be a, here's a new widget that we made. Here's some, here's yeah. some, here's some photographs of the production process. Um, you know, move your logo to a different spot. And Is that because people... A lot of people now are starting to hand over the um, the reins of their website a little bit too much and they should really be able to control a little bit about where things go instead of having to pick up the phone and ask their web guy to move something five centimetres to the right. I mean, should we have control over those things? For me, the thing that really matters to clients is how authentic you are. So there's no point in... This is further, obviously, the products that I am particularly close to at this point... People are interested in the real human being. They don't actually want something that's farmed out. You know, there's different, differing views. Some people say, you know, you must post a blog every X days and it doesn't matter whether it's somebody else's content or not. It doesn't matter. I have a different view. Um, if I'm emotionally connected to you, I want to know that you've written it and I want to know that it's your opinion, even if it's four lines long. Mm. So, you know, frequency, okay, yes, People get into the habit and the rhythm, but if you, it's about what you set them up for. 
there are some places that are using a top of mind thing they will send out two or three blog posts a day and it's like I don't know anybody or certainly none of the circles that I'm in have enough bandwidth to cop that right so all the people I know want quality and would have it much prefer it with less frequency but but have know that it's the nugget that is going to be worth their time and also that it's going to reflect the person that they're reading it about i think we're all getting to the point where we can see through stuff that's just been cut and paste yeah um stuff that's been done through overseas vas who are just going "Mm, you are in the financial services so i'll find something with the word money in it and i'll copy and paste it onto your website we're clued into that now and I think that there's a, a great uh, misunderstanding about what content is worthy. People are sort of really jaded with just volume. Mm, mm, mm. And I don't think that's anything to be proud of. We're going to take a quick break now on Small Biz. Afterwards, we're going to have a look at the Small Biz Matters calendar, check out the weather and traffic. And then uh, we're going to talk to Aranka a little bit more about applying these concepts about brand auditing to all different types of businesses, not necessarily just the creative ones or the ones that you assume are refreshing their band constantly. This is Small Biz Matters. You are listening to Triple H 100.1 FM. So just before the break, we were talking about branding and um, your blueprint and when you should look at refreshing or um, auditing your brand. I do like that that expression because when we think of auditing, we think of finance and we get our head into it and go, oh, God, God, yeah, I'm going to get audited. And we need to do that with our brand. We need mm. to do it every few years. Like you said, the big, the big boys do it. Mm. So we should be doing it as small business. And it's not just a simple process. So if you were listening just before the break, of course, you can check out the podcast. But um, Aranka gave us a great little checklist of all the things you should consider when you are refreshing and auditing your, your own brand that you can go away and have a think about as well. So the best time to do it? Is every three, three to three or four years, or even just if you're going through a bit of a business change? Or so what happens is it sort of depends on where you are. If you've got enough business, and you know you've obviously got through the blocks and you've established yourself and you've got clients coming in, um, that's okay. But is it enough? Is it? Are you noticing that everybody around you is getting more sophisticated or is looking a little bit more cohesive? So check out the competition, keep an eye on what they're doing. I mean, the competition drives all change, Mm. often, often. And then it's about, are you comfortable? So, So I do this with personal brands of people as well. You know, are you aligned to what your values are? Are you making sense when it comes down to what you're saying about what you're doing? You know, do you really understand how you add value? Those sorts of moments have to be obviously understood. But then when it comes down to visually, how are you cutting through? Is it making a difference? Do people recognise it? Are you handing out your business cards? And I had one client who came to me and he went to Japan. And um, he, of course, the Japanese are a culture that is magnificently predisposed to what it feels like, how how the packaging is, what it's presented with. And it's in their DNA. And uh, he said, oh, maybe that's why they were laughing at me. And I said, let me look at your business card. And, of course, it's printed on toilet paper. It's like, you know, the the graphic is, it looks like a kid has done it who's probably somewhere between 9 and 12. (laughs) And, you know, he was selling multi-million dollar technology. Uh, yeah, and so and he's I, really not considering that person who's being handed that card and their experience at all, and there's no, no alignment at all. No alignment at all. But he thinks it's fine. I had another engineer come and show me the logo that he'd created for his uh, online digital enterprise, where the competition is eBay, 
um, and other charities. And of course, you stand his brand side by side with theirs, and it stands out like the proverbial. And you look at that moment and you go, time for you to upgrade, buddy. Um, so there's these sorts of moments that are face value obvious. And then there are other things like, okay, how am I making this brand work for me? Because there's one thing that says, oh, I've spent a lot of money on it. Okay, is it working? So there's a, a very famous case study where the brand of two, two competitors in the photographic field, one did not realise that they looked so close to the other that the more marketing that they did, the sales of the other organisation kept going up to the point where the first company that was doing the sales actually went broke because they, they didn't go and get advice. They didn't go and seek, um, you know, people who are specialists in this area. They just go, went, oh, well, shit, the other guys are doing better. We have to do more advertising. And they did more advertising and these guys' sales went up. And, of course, when you actually talk to the client, uh, the people who were spending the money, they thought this organisation was this organisation. Wow, so, and they'd never even considered or looked at, it looked at what the other organisation logo and look and feel looked like and how, real, how, much, how close they were. Exactly. And so, you know, they, they actually went broke. And it was like, you know, the, the scariest moment for any marketer. You sit on the outside going, oh, my God, you know, and you're watching this fire go down and they, they, did, not, they did not see it and they were too arrogant to actually listen. So you have those moments. It is really about can people find you? Can they recognise that you are distinctive and different? And how is that story being told? So often it's a, a little bit of navel-gazing required. You have to look at who you are. As I say, you've got to do the audit to understand where you're positioned. And then it's very much about, okay, now I've got to bite the bullet and go and get somebody to help me stand out. Mm. Because firstly, there's a whole lot more noise out there um, visually as well as, you know, in a sound sense. How are you going to get through and reach your audience and have them remember you? Because we still have memory issues. We still have, what's the name of that thing again? How is Google helping you get found? Now, I'm you know, not talking necessarily about search engine optimization. Obviously, that's a consideration as well. But again, being the custodian of complexity, we hold that back until, you know, the very... Until you've actually got something to sell. Well, and you've got to have your ducks in a row. Who are you? Yeah. Because you can't get keywords for everything. Yeah. You just, no one's got the budget. Yeah, exactly. And then, Not to mention that doesn't make any sense because you don't want to be the top of everyone's search engine when you don't even deliver that product that they happen to be thinking of. Well, and it's the depth. And again, it's about, you know, in the busy world, who is thinking for me on this front? So there's those sorts of things. Um, often it's just, do you look like a 1970s logo? <laughs> Right. Do you pull out your dad's business card from the 1970s go, oh, there's a bit of similarity there? Pretty much. Am I using Times New Roman on my business card? Am I using Arial? Yeah. Although Arial's not as bad, is it? Arial is fine. Are you fine. using Comic Sans? Stop now! <laughs> <laughs> it's not The Simpsons, everyone. Yeah, well, that's it. Unless you are an animator, in which case it might be okay. And it's kind of quirky. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> and retro. <laughs> but if you've got a graphic that's next to it, you might be able to... And, and see if people are emotionally connected to The Times New Roman. God forbid, but <laughs> let's say. Then how do we make the rest of it modernised? Mm. And again, it's very much about, you know, how do you make those subtle adjustments because sometimes it's subtle sometimes it needs to be complete overhaul and you know i've done both of those and it's it's very interesting or, or in fact a brand extension so you've got an existing family that's all cohesive and then you have a, a side project that needs to look like the family 
but be a little bit different. That's exactly what happened to me with, with small biz kind of just getting integrated into the rest of the things. And I think there's another point in time when you want to look at a refresh or an, an audit, and that's when you realise that you're... You, you've you've grown to a point where you're happy with with a particular product or an element of your business, and you want to start pushing the other element that interests you more, or that or that you want to see grow, or you think there's more money available through that uh, avenue, and mm. that's what you want to grow. That's a perfect time as well, isn't it? You want mm. you want to park, but you don't necessarily want to close down the other side, and then you want to add on another element to it. But you don't want to do that too quickly, do you? You don't want to no. confuse everyone. Well, this is where you've got to take the story and figure out what the next iteration of it is and then how do you take the elements of the existing brand and morph them gently i mean sometimes a conversion can take you know five years Mm. you do a little bit here you do a little bit there but it's usually with a plan and it's oh that's a good question so so if you're sitting down with that idea and you've got that five-year plan and you're super organized and you've got all those you've got almost like a time frame in in mind to get all that done Mm. do you sit down and do that entire brand audit for the next five years and then have a plan in place and then implement it yes, as per what can. the strategist has said. Certainly. Gee, that'd be nice, wouldn't it? Just mm. to go, okay, well, for the next five years, I'm sorted. I know. But you would have to still go along the way and just go, I have to consider technology. I have to consider changes in digital display and little bit of tweaks along the way. But that's a really good way of doing it, isn't it? Just really go, okay, I know how I'm going to grow in the next five years. I know where I want to go. I know what element is going to be parked. I know what's going to... I'm just thinking of my own business here as I'm talking. Sure. Because <laughs> you do do that, don't you? Yes, you, just you sort do. Of, and, then, and then I've got this idea and I want to work with it, but I need to have a plan and I can't do it because like the too financial close. advisor with... Yeah, and too close, exactly. You're just too close. You're, you, usually what happens is that people you know, love it so much that they can't see. And then it, again comes back to we, we reset ourselves to what we thought was cool as kids. You know, if we thought yellow was great in the, in the playground, oh, can't I have some yellow in that? No, you can't have some yellow in that. It doesn't translate. You know, or the competition's all yellow. Why are you going to do that? Yeah, exactly. Well, you're sitting down and you've been looking at it. You've been looking at a logo so long that it's mm. almost become like your baby and you can't see, you can't even see the wood for the trees. I'm one of those people that can't even move furniture in my mind. Oh. You know, when you go, I, I, I want to put that table somewhere else, but I, I can't even turn it 90 degrees in my own brain. Like, I'm going to have to get it. Is there an app for that? You know, I'm one of those people yes. that can't imagine anything. So certainly I would need to see a brand strategist. Is that is that the sort of the non-creative brain or is it more so, the so logical let me, brain? Let me give you an insight. Why don't you unpack me as I unpacked you at the beginning of the well, show? Well, I'll, I'll give you a complete comparison. My filing is completely rubbish. Um, <laughs> when it comes to Baz time, there is a frantic flurry that happens. It's not tidy. It's not graceful. It's none of those things. Whereas, you know, I'm sure that you have everything dotted down and crossed and everything else. I need somebody to do the numbers. I need somebody to do the accounting. I, however, can see into the future and basically plan out graph right here, right now, based on what you're telling me, what it needs to look like and what the leaves are that you need to piece through this book to get to that. And that's what a good branding specialist will do. They'll sit there and they'll strategize. They'll just talk about what we, what we were saying at the beginning of the show. They will analyze your business growth, where you're heading, what are your five years plans, what are your mission statements, what are your values, who you are, because that's so important because it's Mm. all wrapped in, and then um, create a plan and and roll it out. That's exactly right. So it marries into when you've got the business plan and you've got, if you like, the mechanical side of things, we dovetail in the visual and the emotional side. So coming back to what I said at the beginning, you do need a business plan. Oh, God, yes. 
Oh, yeah. It's Always. funny because so many specialists I have on the show are various different things. And, and some people go, nah, you don't need that. Come back to that later. And you know, something technical that the banks want to see when they want to give you more money. But I guess lots of people want to see it. It's it's almost like so you you get a business plan once you've basically gone through that embryonic stage where you've realised when you've gone through that stage of no nah, I don't need that you know I don't I don't really need to understand I've got this and everyone's going to get excited and they're going to buy it. It's like okay, no, mm. you know you still have to figure it out and. That even if it's a one pager, mm. you can have a business plan that's on a one pager if you understand some of those things. And it really it's about a bucket of thinking that goes into the creation of that. If you've got that in the back of your head, maybe it doesn't have to be on paper. Mm. But I'm yet to see someone whose brain doesn't work that way that until they see the ink on the paper, that it's then starting to because the devil is in the detail and a brand is no different. Um, one of the brands that I created for two organisations coming together. So if you can imagine the cultural marriage, wow. there's 76 people who are coming together and forming under one roof, right? So they bought new premises, they wanted a new brand, they wanted to launch it at the home show, they went through sort of quite a lot. We looked at all the com competition, we looked at their suppliers, we went through all of, all of the normal brand audit stuff, interview stuff, all of it. And the thing that was really interesting was even at this level where they were completely sophisticated, we had to go through and say, tell me what your vision is, tell me what your mission is, tell me what your values are. Who are you? We had to get them, that bit of the business plan was missing. Huh. Right? Even after they'd gone through this complex financial and, and everything else process of merging, yeah. they still really needed to get to the nitty gritty of Absolutely. why. So you've got to remember, people will not remember necessarily what you said. They won't necessarily remember what you did, but they will remember how you made them feel. And that applies to everything, absolutely everything. Every product, every service supplied. Every, every moment they meet you. And every brand needs to personify that. If you can nail that, and this is what I know is truth for financial services, for the plumber, for, I mean, everybody, it's a universal truth. And if that can translate into the story that you are telling, then you've got it nailed. Because you then completely understand, hang on a minute, these are the clients I will serve, and I will serve them well, and these are the people who I'm going to avoid like the plague because they actually don't align to my values. Right, so that's even taking it through to who you're going to see as your ideal client. So it all comes, it's all it's one big beautiful circle, isn't it? If you get yeah. everything right, then everything should be talking to one another and communicating and yes. blending in together. And I mean, it, it is a journey. No one sort of, you know, pops into it and, and just because it's articulated, there does need to be reviews of it, at least annually. And of course, that's what the the brand guidelines, for example. So this is my other message. Once you start building a brand and nearly everybody I have ever built a brand for, I've gone to the end and said, okay, style manual. It's an additional cost. It's a typeset book. It actually is the Bible of your brand. And most people go, nah, nah, I'm not going to spend the money. And invariably, like nine times out of 10, they come back to me and say, I think I need that book now. <laughs> and it's like, uh-huh. Yes. Yeah. Because that's the written, it's the written thing you were saying before. You always come back to what's, what, what it is. It's a guide. It's really got to be well, a guide. Well, it, it's effectively the entire Bible of what your visual, visual, digital brand story is. You can hand that to any IT geek 
and they should be able to interpret it and get it close. I've had um, apps come back from the workshop and it's like, you made a commitment to a brand experience that looked like this, you've given it to the engineers and it's come out the arse end of something. Because they haven't that. known, they haven't had the style guide to follow. Correct. Yeah, they've only got this crappy visual brief. Well, well no, they're relying on people to remember what the fragments are mm. and to try and tell a cohesive story and it doesn't happen and it's the most expensive exercise to actually bring it all together and create it in a booklet thereafter. Mm. But anyway, that's my other... But you have your pen chance, I have mine. Yes, don't forget, exactly, yeah. Well, look, um, this has been absolutely fascinating. Thank you so much for coming on the show, Aranka. Um, It's been full on and uh, very um, detailed because the devil is in the detail, as you said at the beginning of the show. Now, of course, if you've just jumped in halfway through this program, you can, of course, listen uh, to all of our podcasts on our blogs and podcast page as part of smallbizmatters.com.au. You've been listening to Aranka Nolan, who's our branding specialist expert from uh, Einstein. And uh, my name is Alexi Boyd from Small Biz Matters. We will be seeing you next week with another guest. And thanks for listening. You're listening to Triple H 100.1 FM.